Welcome to the Self-Love Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Rosenberg. I am the author of The Human Magnet Syndrome, The Codependent Narcissist Trap, and the creator of the Codependency Cure and Hitch Trauma Resolution Treatment Programs. If you identify with codependency, which I renamed the Self-Love Deficit Disorder, or you're caught in the crosshairs of narcissistic abuse or gaslighting, you've come to the right place. Expect the very best information that I know, whether from my own personal journey of recovery or through my 35 years of professional experience. What separates my work from others is my understanding of the origin of the problem, the solutions, and the necessity to take responsibility for one's broken picker that always points them to the dream of the soulmate, but the nightmare of the cellmate. So join my self-love recovery community and set your sights on the cure, self-love abundance. Today, I'm going to talk about another metaphor I created to help people, especially SLDs, people who are self-love deficient, aka codependents, help them better understand the journey of healing, the journey of learning, the journey of overcoming that is required to rid, to vanquish SLDD from their life, the codependency cure. If you're going to stop something that, if you're going to stop something that is not connected to conscious thinking, conscious feelings, but is caused by deeply embedded trauma wounds, trauma scars that come from a long time ago, your childhood, then you're required to go to the source, the source of the trauma, the source of the wound, the source of the self-love deficit disorder. You guys have seen, you guys have heard me talk about my SLDD or codependency pyramid. Codependency or what we know as codependency is on top. It's all the symptoms. It's all the personality traits. It's what people blame you for, what you blame yourself for. Well, that's not codependency or self-love deficit disorder, SLDD. No, SLDD comes from the cause of it. SLDD, therefore, is the cause of it. Going back to the pyramid, at the, at the basis or at the bottom of the pyramid is attachment trauma. That is the trauma caused in your childhood and your adolescence by being raised in a dysfunctional family led by a pathologically narcissistic and a codependent or an SLD parent. That's real trauma. And that trauma is as severe, if not more severe and more pervasive than what we know as post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. From that trauma is core shame, which is a fundamental belief that you're never, you'll never be good enough, never be lovable enough. You'll always need to prove your worth and often fall short. It's that belief that you are fundamentally broken. And from the core shame is pathological loneliness, that, ex- that existential disease, that feeling of nothingness, of painful loneliness, bone aching loneliness, if you're not in a relationship. And from there is the addiction, the relationship addiction. The only way for that pathological loneliness to go away is to be in a relationship. Therefore, the pathological loneliness is the withdrawal symptom. And then we have at the top of the pyramid, we have everything we know about codependency. In this video, I want to use a metaphor and it just like the metaphor I used five years ago when we talked about the narsometer. And, and I used th- that metaphor that we 
have this part inside of us, this this ability to intuitively know when we are in danger with a narcissist. And in that video, I explain the healthier you get, the more you move forward in what I call self-love recovery, the more you are able to neutralize your self-love deficit disorder and move towards the cure or the resolution, which is self-love abundance, the more tuned in, the more accurate your narsometer gets. And this matches up really well with what happens in my treatment program when my codependents or SLDs move forward and eventually their, their SLDD neutralizes and becomes less and less as their self-love or self-love abundance increases. And when that happens, the human magnet syndrome, magnetic unconscious dynamics, as understood through the idea of chemistry, it changes. We unconsciously recognize healthy people to be familiar and safe to us and therefore desire that and are attracted to that. Conversely, we recognize unhealthy people as unfamiliar and frightening like narcissists. Well, that is the human magnet syndrome in a healed self-love abundant state. And with this narsometer, this intuitive knowing, this part of um, ourselves, which I place right above the heart, we can feel almost immediately if someone is narcissistic, if someone is codependent or is an SLD, or if someone is healthy. And if the narsometer goes off, you know, bells, alarms, whatever your, whichever model you purchase. And so when the narsometer goes off, it's that feeling like something's wrong. But when you, you get scared, you get nervous, you are responding to the intuition that is responding to the healed state of your emotional being. If you are no longer an SLD, and you're self-love abundant, and you find healthy, self-loving people familiar and safe, then if someone steps into your into your life or even into your, your personal space, your, your inside, your heart, your intuition, the unconscious elements of your mind are going to be activated, activated or triggered. And it's going to tell you that this is a narcissist, this is a potential narcissist, or this is someone that wants more from you than you can give and won't be empathetic or understanding should you disappoint him or her. So that's the narsometer. I was thinking the other day about what usually activates me, what triggers those childhood wounds, which for me is when I feel like someone's not listening to me or they or when they project their dishonesty onto me those are like huge triggers i mean if if you know me you're my son or you've lived with me or you're a, a close friend uh, that has known me for years someone who accidentally or purposely wasn't listening to me or was ignoring my advice not pushy advice i would just have a reaction and i would get angry and people would see this different look on my face and this tension and I would be defensive. And, and really what was happening is I was activated. I was triggered. Something in my life 
occurred that reminded me of the unconscious memories of my attachment trauma or the childhood trauma I experienced, which for me was really pretty bad. I did have a family that didn't know how or didn't want to listen to me. And, and that was really harmful. Even now, there are remnants of it. If I'm, if, if I'm calling you know, Verizon and I'm talking to someone and I have to explain three or four times what the problem is with my phone, and by the way, this has nothing to do with Verizon. I could have said AT&T or, or whomever and whatever. And I'll get triggered. I'll get activated. And that makes me more assertive, um, sometimes not very nice, sometimes confrontive. And, and, and sometimes I'm ashamed of what I do because I get like mad. And Or it could be my son who generally is a good listener. If he, for whatever reason, which could be my fault or something about him, or who knows, maybe there's a football game watching, he's watching, but I'll talk to him about something and he looks away while I'm talking or I ask him about, you know, what he thinks and then he can't really say anything because he wasn't listening. And, and this is, this is the person I love more than anyone in the world. I'll get activated. I'll get triggered. And with him, it's a mild version because I know him and I have empathy for him and I have patience, but it's still there. Or on the other side, it's one of my siblings who I have a challenging, challenged relationship with. And I could be talking to them on the phone. I could be at a family reunion. And next thing you know, I'm sharing something about my life and they change the subject or look away. Even in the case where they didn't mean anything, I'll get activated. And that activation, that trigger will be deep. It will be profound because it's the person doing the same thing, I believe, in this activated state that happened to me when I was traumatized as a child with parents, mother, father, uh, siblings. And that activation is deep, quick, and the power of like, uh, electricity is electrifyingly painful. I go to a place where I'm mad and I'm angry. And only afterwards, when I had time to relax and chill out and become unactivated, untriggered, I'll think about it and I'll realize that my reaction was manifestly over the top, that even if this person, sibling, friend, relative, AT&T customer service, I'll relax and I'll think about it and I'll go, geez, why do I keep doing that? Why do I keep getting activated? Why do I keep getting triggered? and become my not so best self. Why can't I notice it ahead of time and then use observe, don't absorb. Once we identify the triggers for the actometer going off, then we must use my observe, don't absorb method. And it's not the right time to go over that in detail because I have a lot of videos about that, shorter videos on YouTube and a much longer video on my Self Love Recovery Institute website. But 
we must find a way to, in a healthy manner, disassociate from our emotions, observe the point of trigger, watch it, and understand that if we have the associated, the opposite of disassociated connection to the emotion, we then are losing control of our equanimity, our ability to be rational, to understand what is going on in the given moment and not identify a stressor or, an, or a situation, a trigger in, a, in the present time and identify it with something in the past and then react to it in a way that hurts us and perhaps other people. So the observe, don't absorb method in its original state is to understand how narcissists need you to react and get upset and want to fight them in order to control you. And you always lose. George Bernard Shaw said, don't wrestle with pigs, you'll get dirty. And besides, the pig likes it. So in this case, you're not going to enter the wrestling ring with the triggered memory. Because then you are fighting the person, the memory of a person, the memory of a time of your life that was hurtful and traumatic. And you're having that fight in the present with a person who might not be hurting you. I think about this. I bring it to my own therapy and I ask the same question over and over again. Why do I allow myself to be triggered and then move unconsciously back into a space, a time, a, a moment of my life where I had no power I couldn't stop the people who were ignoring me or listening to me. I made things much worse by my reaction, whether if I was a, uh, whether I yelled as a boy or did something disrespectful, say with one of my parents and I was an angry teenager in my own therapy or in my own thinking or in my own self reflections or talking or talks with friends that I trust who are like-minded, I've come to understand that. I can stop these moments of activation, not by just willpower, it's because that has never worked. You can't overcome the unconscious or dissociative impact of trauma that is reflected in your choice of people, your feelings of love, your feelings of, of attraction, your feelings of unattraction. Those are so deeply embedded that the only way to alter those, to change those and ultimately neutralize those is in the type of therapy that is similar to the treatment program I offer for self-love deficit disorder, which I call the self-love recovery treatment program. So these triggers, these activations can only be solved like an internet browser that you have been using to research a subject and you have not opened up another tab. But in that one browser, you have visited 50 sites in order to get the information you want. So you have to, you have to press the back button and you go back and you, and you get to see what you were looking at and what interests you. And you go back and you go back or which I call the back browser technique is you just keep going backwards in time until you and preferably your therapist recognize the period of your life when that was an actual reaction. When in my case, no one was listening to me. 
No one really cared. People were too consumed with their own worries, their own pursuits, their own needs of self-gratification. And those are very clear. Those have nothing to do with uh, irrational reactions and, and activations and triggering. And with the right type of therapist who is trauma-informed, you can heal at that level, which essentially is you're working with the person you were at the age you were, which I called the inner trauma child. And, and I have a whole treatment program on that. It's called the Hitch Method. You can, it's available at my website at selfloverecovery.com. And it's through that type of treatment, which is a part of my self-love recovery treatment program, you heal that wound, that, that sadness, that anger, that jealousy, that f- feeling of abandonment, neglect, abuse, that existential void of incredible loneliness. That is the heart and soul of this treatment program. And through that type of healing work, those dissociative memories, those, excuse me, those dissociated memories, those repressed memories, those unconscious memories that live in the present time through the reaction, through the trigger, through the activation, they're not there anymore. In self-love abundance, in the healing of the trauma wound, the original trauma, the, the attachment trauma, the point of origin of the activation and the consequent or subsequent reaction, which really is you're just the child in your adult body reacting. It's not there anymore. It's neutralized. It's gone. It's why I call the, this program the codependency cure because you solved it. You know, if I use the analogy, you have an infection and that infection is causing many different medical issues, secondary or tertiary medical issues. And not only do they bring down the infection, but they find the source of it. Because up until that time, they were just treating the infection. And the source of it is cured. The impact of it is cured. And the problems that were, or the consequence of this infection and the secondary and tertiary medical issues, they're gone. It's because the point of the trigger, the point of the activation has been solved. You might ask yourself, why did I start this video by talking about my narsometer, my metaphorical instrument that represents intuition based upon mental health or the progress of someone in a self-love recovery program or a a healing program similar to mine? Well, I want to introduce the next little piece of machinery we're going to implant in our bodies. <laughs> that sounds really horrible. So let me try this again. Um, I want to suggest a new metaphor that we pretend is inside of us. Because remember, if a metaphor resonates for us and we can wrap our arms around its meaning, its shape, we use that to solve or at least understand complicated emotional issues, challenges, and problems that long explanations, psychological explanations might get to, maybe not as quickly and as completely. The new device is the trigometer. (laughs) Yes, the narsometer and the trigometer. The trigometer is this imaginary 
little machine, and let's say because we are now in these great advances of science, it's a tiny little machine and it doesn't take up any space in your body, but it reacts to events, outside events, that cause an inside reaction of activation, a trigger. Because without this machine, without the trigometer, we are reacting to some stimulus. We are reacting to some stimulus, to some situation, to some person. And we believing that our reaction is coming from the here and now and the present. As I described already in this video, that's dysfunctional. That is very, very harmful. And then we get carried away and we don't even know we are acting like we did as a child in an environment that we had little or no control over. So when we have this actometer installed, now that sounds too robot-like, <laughs> metaphorically implanted safely and comfortably in, in our body, and we become activated, we become triggered, it goes off and it says to you, activation, trigger, this is not real. The situation, let's just say this person is not abandoning you. They're, they're not ignoring you. And even if they are, they don't have a lot of meaning or consequence to the bigger scheme of your life. So the trigometer goes off. And so I am activated, triggered. I get mad. My blood pressure goes up. I go into this unconscious fight or flight reaction. I am literally being psychologically transported in time back to a child, the child I was when I felt unloved, unimportant, replaceable, and I'm reacting. I get activated. My, act my actometer goes off. Excuse me, my trigometer. <laughs> I had to actually struggle on, on what I was going to name it, and I, and I chose trigometer vo versus actometer. My trigometer goes off. And that is when I stop and say, I'm triggered. That's it. I say, I'm triggered. This is not about this person, this feeling. And for me, it's, it's like this heat in my temples, this tightness in my chest, this anger. It's not coming from that person. I trust that internal state. I trust my trigometer. It doesn't lie. It's highly calibrated. And it's calibrated with truth, accuracy, and facts goes off when I am activated in something in the here and now, and I have a reaction that comes from the past. And when it is tuned and it's calibrated, it tells me to stop. Stop, Ross. This person's not hurting you. This person really has no idea of how to solve a problem. And because he or she can't, it's not the same as your childhood. Relax. It's okay. Breathe. And it works. It works. It works because we're able to short circuit the PTSD-like process that comes from a disassociated trauma memory, a memory that is too painful to remember or consider. But in an environment that reminds the person of the trauma, that memory reacts in body feelings and emotions. We don't remember what happened to us as, child in that, in, as a child in that moment, but we are reacting as if we're the child. And so when you have this calibrated and well-tuned and well-maintained trigometer 
and it goes off, you have to tell that little boy, that little girl inside that it's going to be okay. Now, that sounds silly because you're not in therapy with me. But if you follow me and you've seen my hitch videos and you understand how unconscious trauma through the PTSD type of wounding plays out or becomes front and center in a person's life and them not even knowing it, then you understand that you're really talking to the person at the time of their wounding. And even if you're not in therapy, just trust me. Tell that person, that little boy, that little girl, it's going to be okay. That even if they're not listening to you, you're worth a lot. This has nothing to do with you. They don't even know you. And if they did, they probably wouldn't do this unless it was beyond their control. So when the trigometer alerts you that it's time to assess your reaction and make a conscious decision to pull back from it, you're essentially telling that little boy, my little boy, who is seven years old, who's irrational, he's a kid, that who cries and pouts or does whatever kids do that are sad or upset or angry, that you got it. It's cool. It's cool, Rossi. It'll be fine. Everything is going to be fine. We're going to chill out. We're not going to be mad because when we're mad and hurt, it's always made things worse, hasn't it? Now, you don't really have to have that type of conversation. I don't even have that conversation. I have it in just little thoughts that equal that conversation. In closing, I want to introduce the latest metaphorical device that we install in our bodies through our own hard-fought gains that we made either through our own introspection, our own dedication to healing, or we can rise above the invisible, the unconscious cause of anger, resentment, sadness. We can overcome the self-defeating, almost masochistic reaction of believing you're the child who is being hurt just as you were when you were younger and all you have is your feelings. We can tell that child either directly, as I suggested, or indirectly, it's going to be okay just by recognizing and appreciating your trigometer, by listening to it and understanding what you can't actually see in that moment and trusting it because it is calibrated to your dissociative trauma self that you, because of your self-love recovery, your commitment to mental health growth, are now dedicated to working through to its completion, self-love abundance, the end of codependency or self-love deficit disorder. Use your trigometer. Help calibrate it if you need help. Recognize when it goes off. You don't have to have the same level of insight that I have, but you can. All you have to know is that it is there to protect you. When it goes off, you trust it and you tell yourself, relax, chill. I am not actually in the same danger that I am reacting to. And if I let this go further and I allow myself to be triggered and activated, nothing good comes from it. And in my case, I mess things up because, you know, I was an active codependent. I stood up for myself and set boundaries. So in conclusion, use your narsometer and I invite you to install free of charge. Act now free of charge. <laughs> this is an infomercial, right? To install 
your trigometer. Calibrate it, recognize it, and don't let yourself suffer needlessly and protect that little person inside of you that needs love, respect, caring, and protection. All right. Thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to know more about what I do and my teaching, my education, my direct psychotherapy services, my full-length educational videos, just go to www.selfloverecovery.com or write us at help at selfloverecovery.com. All right, guys, be well, and I enjoyed our time together. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Building a self-love recovery community means the world to me. Spread the word. Let people know what we're talking about. And until we meet next, I'd like to leave you my favorite of all sayings by George Eliot. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Don't forget that. Our future is in our hands, despite what anyone has told you before. You can be the self-love abundant person you've always dreamt of. It's your birthright.